If you didn't bring Bibles, there's Bibles that are under the pews. You'll want to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, beginning in verse 16. Jesus says here, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. This Christmas, as we got ready to celebrate Christmas, um, we, 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 we waited kind of a long time to purchase presents. I don't know if we're the only ones that did that. I doubt that. But this year was probably worse than most years as far as waiting to the last minute to, to go buy presents. Um, we didn't do as many presents for the kids this year. There were um, less than, than normal. And Tasha and I had some conversations as far as, do you think that, you know, we got them enough things? And um, <clears throat> I'm the one that typically will... Buy presents that are maybe above their age level of what they should get. Um, I remember when Jonathan was born, he's just, I, before he was two, we, we bought this playground off Craigslist where it has like a rock climbing wall and swings and monkey bars and a giant slide and stuff where you're watching this little infant climb up the rock climbing wall and, you know, and he got good at it. I think on the third birthday, it seemed like the right time to buy a bow and arrow, a real one. Um, so we did, and 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 so he he survived it. Um, and so the next birthday, we, our next Christmas, we thought it was a good idea to maybe get like an airsoft gun or something along those lines, so that he could learn to properly shoot people. And so we we <laughs> this is just the way my brain works. Like you know, like I kind of think more like you know, what were the coolest toys that I you know had or used of my friends that I wish I had that I never got when I was a kid and bow and arrows right up there and and airsoft guns didn't exist but Tasha frowned on the BB gun idea so we this Christmas I I was thinking like remote control car because that's cool remote control cars are cool I had the remote control car where you would you know it would like zip around the kitchen and I, I thought it was so cool that it could, like, do that without me being near it, you know, like, zipping around the kitchen. But we know someone that has a hobby shop, and so I said, like, what is, like, the coolest remote control car? Like, send me that. And it was actually for Jonathan's birthday back in September. And he, he sent us down this remote control car that it's like the remote control car on steroids. It, it, it goes like 40 miles an hour. It's waterproof. It's got huge tires. It, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like it's, it's a big monster truck that goes 40 miles an hour. And it, all I thought was like, Natalie is going to like see that and be like, I, I want to do it. And then she's going to wreck it. And, and so we held off on giving it to him for Christmas or for his birthday and, and bought another one. And, and so when Tasha was saying, like, do you think they're going to have enough? Like, do you think it's good? I'm like, do they got the remote control cars? 
what more could these kids want? I mean, like, it, it was, let's just get them some art supplies. We'll get them, like, you know, like the normal things that you get a little kid for, for Christmas. And, and, but they got the remote control cars. I, I don't think anything else is going to matter as long as they have these remote control cars. I mean, they're going to get out. They're going to race them around. And, and so we, we got them. We, we, we got them. We got, like, 75% off on them from, like, this buddy. And it, it was a good find. And so... We, we kept them for three months, locked up in the, the library and, and made it so that we wrapped them the night before and we're bringing them down. And I, I couldn't wait for them to open it. It was the last gift that they would open. We, we just gave them like this giant like remote control thing that they were going to open and then we brought down the cars. And it was like, this is like the big one, the big one. And so they opened it and they were excited. They were excited about it. But... To this day, I can't figure out how to charge the battery. <laughs> I just can't. I tried. I looked online. I'm searching for it. I can't figure out how to charge the battery. And I, I felt so dumb. Like, it's used charge the battery. And, and I looked online, and I saw there was dozens and dozens of people that had the same problem as me. Like, how do you charge the battery? Like, can't charge the battery. I think I maybe fried the battery, and it's not going to ever charge again. But... The kids were excited about the present when they initially opened it because we made such a big deal about this is like your biggest present. But they have no idea what it can do. All they think of is like, cool truck, Dad. Sits amongst all the boxes of what we need to throw away. They haven't even looked at it since five minutes after they opened it because it doesn't work. It needs batteries. It just doesn't work. And... I know some of you guys are thinking right now, like, I'll tell them how to charge the batteries later. You've you got to plug it in. I, I tried that. I've tried all kinds of stuff to make these things work, and you're going to stop by afterwards. Some of you guys will miss the whole sermon because you're just going to be looking up how to charge RC batteries the rest of the time. <laughs> Don't do it. I've looked at every YouTube thing I could think of, and we're going to work on this later. But it's like the coolest present, I think, and we're going to take them to a big open field once it works, and they're going to see how cool these things are. But right now, they've just kind of forgotten about it. It's not even on their radar. I asked them, what's your favorite presents that you got? And they were like, their favorite presents are the ones that we got for less than 10 bucks. They're not even thinking about the big one, the RC car, the remote control car on steroids. I think sometimes for us as believers, we receive gifts from the Lord and then we forget about them. In our particular passage here, you, you see Jesus in the last hours of his life ministering to the disciples. He tells them, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. And then he goes from there to begin to give them reasons why their hearts should not be troubled. This is why your heart should not be troubled. And as he goes through and talks about going to prepare a place for them and the mansions that they're going to receive, and he is going to be there with them, one of the greatest comforts that he gives his people, these disciples, in this time where their hearts are troubled, he says to them, I'm going to pray to the Father. And he will give you another helper. 
There's different words that you could use for that word another. You can mean another, one that's totally different. There's a, a Greek word that means it's, 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 it's another one, but it's a totally different kind. This particular word means another of the same kind or one that is just like the first. You're going to have another helper, one that is just like the first. So I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. I'm going to send you another helper, a comforter, as some of your translations may say. The Holy Spirit. And he is going to abide with you forever. He will be with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Unbelievers cannot participate in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. And so I'm going to send you another helper and you you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. He'll be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to reside. He's going to reside in your heart. He will be in you, just like me, just like the first, you are going to receive the Holy Spirit. In other passages in Scripture, he tells us things like, in John 16 and verse 7, he says, I'm telling you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. It's to your advantage, disciples, It's to your advantage that I go away because as a result of me leaving, as a result of me going to the cross, as a result of me dying for your sins and being buried for three days and then rising again and then ascending to the Father, it is to your advantage that that happens because as a result of that, you are going to have the Holy Spirit come to you. This gift that I'm giving you. I won't leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he is just the same as me. God himself, who will reside in you. He will dwell with you. He will be there. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is one in whom we forget frequently, don't we? We remember praying to the Father. We remember praying to the Son. We sang a song just earlier in our our worship service of... We him the Father, and we him the Son, and we him the Spirit. We worship him. We're thankful for him. But on this morning, if he is in a place where this great gift in which you have been given is laying somewhere in your life amongst the boxes, and he is not being thought of much, may this morning be a, a, a morning of just praising him and worshiping him. And giving thanks for him. The Holy Spirit is the one in whom has given us scripture. His word. It tells us that he would send a helper. The helper, the Holy Spirit. 
will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He said that to the disciples. He is going to teach you all things and he's going to bring those things that I taught to you back to remembrance. We see in 2 Peter where it tells us that prophecy never came by the will of men, of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1.21. They spoke, prophets spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The, the, the word of God is such that it is the very breathed word of God, exactly what the Holy Spirit desired for us to know. When we hold our Bibles in our hands and we just think, okay, this is just the most incredible blessing. The incredible blessing is that the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to write every word to bring us to salvation as we see the gospel in the pages of Scripture, to minister to our hearts, to tell us about who God is, to tell us about who we are, to tell us about his plans for us. It's the Holy Spirit who's given us all these things. We're told that he will guide us into all truth. He'll glorify Christ. He'll take what is Christ and he'll declare it to us. So we praise him for that. We praise him that he dwells in us. When you see here where, where Jesus says, I'm going to send you another helper and he will abide with you forever, he dwells in you. We find that in, as well as in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 where Paul says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Do you know that? Do you know that, that your body is his temple? He dwells in you. You don't need to go to a temple to, to, to go into that holy of holies to be able to spend time with, with God. I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you a comforter. And he will dwell with you forever. He will abide with you forever. He will be in you for all eternity. Or First Corinthians 6.19, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? You're not your own. He dwells in you. We find that it's the Holy Spirit who gave us life. He gave us life. In Romans 8.11, it says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Holy Spirit who dwells in you. It is the Holy Spirit in whom has given you life, has regenerated you. John tells us that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Or he tells us later on it's the a, it's a Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Or he tells us that he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who has caused us who were dead in our sins and trespasses to be made alive. It's the Holy Spirit who did that. You think of that moment in which you got saved. And it is the Holy Spirit who saved you. Yesterday, Jonathan and I went to our favorite Thai restaurant for lunch. Natalie has a terrible allergy to, to peanuts. And so um, when it's just Jonathan and I, we always go to this particular restaurant because we can get chicken saute and they bring out 
lots of peanut sauce. And they know us there. We go frequently. And we always order the same thing. They just bring it out to us. But we were there, and, and, and we were the first ones there this time. And the waitress came, and, and she brought a couple of glasses of drinks and put them underneath this picture of this man. It's a big picture. And then she started to do her prayers to that. And Jonathan's like, she? Jonathan's eight. She's doing something, like, to that picture. Like, she's praying or something. And, and so I looked in the mirror and could see what she was doing. And, and he said, what is she doing? Is she praying to Jesus? And I said, no, she's not. I said, let's ask her what she's doing. And so she finished her prayers, and, and we said, well, what were you doing just now? And she says, I was saying my prayers. And we said, to who? To whom were you praying? And she said, to our king. And I said, is he still alive? And she said, no, he died a long time ago. I said, does he help you? And she says, well, we prayed to the king and to Buddha too. And, and so we pray. And, and I said, well, what kind of things do you pray? And she said, we just, we pray, we, we pray the prayers that are written for us to pray. We just do it every day and we bring, we bring drinks. And so I said, okay, you know. And so she left and we kept talking. And Jonathan said, I see those drinks every time. Nobody ever drinks those drinks. <laughs> and I said, I know, I know. They're the, I, I hadn't noticed them, but I'm like, nobody will ever drink those drinks. They're, this, they're there. And so he started saying, well, tell me about what, who she's praying to. And, and so we just started to talk. And we, throughout the rest of our lunch, we're discussing this. And she came back and did more prayers and offered another drink to um, down this little pagoda down below. And, and, uh, and so we, she was outside when we were leaving. And I, I said, can I tell you about who we pray to? Because Jonathan was saying, like, she needs the gospel, doesn't she? And I said, yeah, she needs the gospel. So we stopped. Can we tell you who we pray to? Like, we, we, we pray to the king of kings. Like, he died too. But he died and laid down his life for us, for our sins. And then he rose again on the third day. He even appeared to 5,000 people at one time after he rose again from the dead. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same. And I said, no, it's, it's actually, it's, actually it's, not, it's not the same because he created everything. He's not a king that died and, and we prayed to, but he doesn't have the power to do anything. He, he calls upon us to pray because he hears our prayers and he's living and he's at the right hand of the Father. And, and this is our God. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and she would do that. And, and, and we just laid out the gospel for her. We got on the car and Jonathan said, she didn't want to hear you. And I said, Jonathan, how do, you, how do you know that? Because when someone says, yeah, 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 or I know, I know, I know, it means they don't want to hear you. She didn't want to hear it. And I said, you know, that's, you're right. I don't think she did. But God can change your heart, can't he? Let's pray for her. 
Because this could just be a seed that was planted. And somebody else may come along and plant another seed later on. And this may continue to happen. That seeds get planted and then God brings in the harvest. So let's pray because God, because God can change hearts. He can do that. And those who are believers here this morning, he did that to you. You may have been in that place of, yeah, 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 yeah. And God radically changed your heart. Through the power of his word, through the gospel, through the gospel being proclaimed to you, through the sweetness of his Holy Spirit drawing you unto himself, you came to salvation. But it was the sweetness, kindness of the Holy Spirit, our helper, our helper, our, our, our comforter, who drew you unto himself, who brought you towards him, to, who, who caused your, your blind eyes to be opened, who took your heart of stone and made it into a heart of flesh, who radically changed you and made you who were dead alive regenerated you. You think of coming to salvation, coming from a place of yeah, 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 or I don't want to hear any of it, to I love him more than anything. He saved me. He drew me out of wherever I was, at whatever point it was in your life. Whether you got saved as a young child or whether you got saved much later on in life, it was the same Holy Spirit who drew you unto himself. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It's the Holy Spirit who does that for us. It's the Holy Spirit who not only saves us, but works in our lives. When he tells the disciples, I am going to send you another comforter or a helper. And he will abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. He'll dwell in you. He is one who is active. He's not like my car that is inactive. It has no ability to move because it has no power whatsoever, thanks to user error. It, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he has the power to radically move in our lives. You see him in Scripture where it tells us that the church there is, is, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit specifically said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Take them. I want you to take these two people, separate them for the work that I am calling them to. And you can go around this room and know that that same Holy Spirit calls each one of us to serve him in different ways. Not only does he call you towards that, but he enables you towards that as well. You see it in, in 1 Corinthians where it tells us in 1 Corinthians twelve three that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
No one can say that he's Lord. When you worship him and call him Lord, and Lord, just lead me and guide me and just reign in my life and use me for yourself. Even the idea of coming to a place of, Lord, please do this. It is impossible apart from the Holy Spirit working in your life and making it so that you who once were the Lord of your own life, who, who did whatever was right in your own eyes, God, the Holy Spirit, has radically changed you to where you call the king of this universe Lord. And you could not have done that apart from the Holy Spirit. He gifts each one of us. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, as he wills. He, he distributes gifts to each one of us as he wills, as he desires for his purposes, for his glory. And so you, you look around church and you see the body in which God has created here and you look and in, in, you find people who are gifted in all different kinds of ways. And it was the Holy Spirit that did that. When you find yourself just being blessed and ministered to by somebody. It's the Holy Spirit working through them. The gifts that he has given them for the purpose of building up the rest of us. Pastor Bill will come here and do communion in a little bit. And you will be blessed. As we always are. But it's not because Pastor Bill has just mastered the art of doing this. It is because it is the Holy Spirit who mightily works in Pastor Bill at 94 years old to minister to the hearts of the saints at Reverence Bible Church. And you'll go out into the courtyard and there will be people ministering to you there as well, as well as you ministering to others. It's the Holy Spirit who enables us to do that. There's fruit that comes out of your life as a result of the Holy Spirit where the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those, those aspects of your life, the way in which your life has changed to where now there's love that's there that was not possible before. There's joy that's there that you had never experienced before. There's peace that's there that you had never known of. Long-suffering, or kindness, or goodness, or faithfulness, or gentleness, or self-control. It's all the Holy Spirit who causes this fruit to come out of your life to where you see God working in you, and through you, and enabling you. None of it is as a result of us. The result of us is... Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. But that's not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is radically different. When you see the changes in your life, it is a result of God saying, and I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he will abide with you forever. He will be in you. He'll dwell 
with you. It's to your advantage that I leave because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. We're dependent upon him. You see prayers that go forth over and over again in Scripture of praying that, that you would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit or that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. He'd give you wisdom that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And we could just pray, God, work in people's lives, work in our lives, work in our children's lives, work in this person's life. He has the ability to change hearts. He has the ability to direct things. You know it's the work of the Holy Spirit when yesterday... At lunch, Jonathan, or shortly after lunch, Jonathan says to me, Daddy, Mommy, and I were talking about resolutions the other day. And she was talking about Jonathan Edwards. Can you tell me some of his resolutions? That is an act of Almighty God to get your eight-year-old to talk about Jonathan Edwards and his resolutions. And to be able to just say, like, Lord, thank you for this moment. Like, to be able to tell him, he says, tell me some of your favorite resolutions from Jonathan Edwards. And I said, like, one of my favorite ones is resolved um, to be to live in such a way that, that, that you would be afraid to do something if it was the last hour of your life. So if this was the last hour of my life, would I do this? And so we started going through, hey, Jonathan, would you be sitting here eating with, with, with Daddy and, and, and talking about Jonathan Edwards and talking about resolutions and talking about how we could live for him. If this was the hour of your last hour of your life, if you were going to go and meet Jesus in an hour, would you be afraid to do this? No. Yeah, that's a good place to be. What about this, Jonathan? Would you be afraid to be like yelling at your sister and being mean to her and sinning or talking bad about other people and doing those things? Would that be something that you would want to do right before you met Almighty God in an hour? No, I don't want to do that. And then we okay, well, what about this? And we just started creating situations. Would you want to do this? Would you want to be sharing the gospel with the lady at the restaurant if that was the last hour of your life? Yeah, I would want to do that. And so we just started going through and just talking about different situations. He said, tell me another one. And he said, resolve, you know, to live in such a way as I will wish I had done when I come to die. I said, he, he wanted to think about his own death as much as possible. Jonathan said, that's a horrible thing to think about. Why would he ever say something like that? I said, Jonathan, it's a good thing. You see, when you're thinking about your own death, you start thinking about how do you want to live? I said, I think about it, son, all the time. He said, you think about when you die all the time? I said, yeah, I think about when I'm going to die because I, I, I think, what if I die today? Have I been a good daddy to Jonathan? Have I pointed him towards Christ? But Jonathan's like, yeah, you have. What about towards Natalie? Have I been? And so I want to think about that because there's going to come a time where I'm going to die and I want to like live in such a way that I will wish I had done when I come to die. I want to think about how I would want that to be. And when you get moments like that with your kid or when doors open, like the door that opened at the Thai restaurant or when doors open, when you're ministering to your neighbor or to your friend at work or whoever it is, it is the Holy Spirit who is just working mightily to bring glory to the name of Christ, to change our lives, to work in us, to cause us to see his majesty and to come to a place of praising him. It's God who does that. You see, 
radical changes take place in God's people as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. You see Stephen where he's, we're told in Acts 7, he's full of the Holy Spirit and he gazes up into heaven and sees the glory of God standing and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and he says, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He's about ready to go to his death and the Holy Spirit just comforts him, doesn't he? Ministers to him. At that point in his life where he's about to be put to death, it's, we're told he was full of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit just comforted him in the most radical way. You see the Holy Spirit work just in incredible ways in the life of, of, of Peter. It tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit as he goes and proclaims the gospel and just lays out the gospel message that he proclaimed. tells us that as they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. He enables us to have boldness. He enables us to, to, to serve him in such a way that we never could do it apart from his enabling for us. And lastly, although we're just scratching the surface, I'm so thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in my life, in your lives as Christians. Because it is the Holy Spirit who has sealed you for salvation. He has sealed you. We're told in 2 Corinthians 1.21, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us and, and has anointed us as God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. He has sealed you for salvation. Or in Ephesians 1.13, it says, Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. It is the Holy Spirit who has sealed you for salvation. Ephesians 4.30, And do not... Grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Or 2 Corinthians 5 5. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. I praise God for the Holy Spirit in my life. I praise God that he dwells in me, that Jesus gave us a helper a comforter, one who would minister to us and teach us and show us things, but also one who would keep us to the very end. When he has changed our hearts and radically regenerated us, he keeps us to the very end. He is our guarantee. I am so thankful that I am not the guarantor of my salvation. As we sing, prone to wander. We're prone to wander. We're prone to leave the God I love. But he seals us. He keeps us to the very end. There's so much to be thankful for in regards to what Jesus taught us here in John chapter 14. But think of the gift in which you've been given. We'll read it one more time. I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we're so thankful for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Taking us who were dead in our sins and making us alive in you. Bringing us to faith as you, through the power of your word and the proclamation of the gospel, have brought us to a place of seeing our sin and our desperate need of a savior. The way in which you work in our lives and cause fruit to come out of our lives and the way in which you seal us into the very end. You are the one who guarantees our salvation. We praise you for that. What an incredible gift we have to walk in this life even over 2,000 years from the time that Jesus walked here on earth. But having the precious gift of the Holy Spirit who is the same as the first, the same as you, working mightily in our lives. And just as you brought Saul to salvation, or just as you brought Matthew to salvation, or the author of the gospel that we're studying, John to salvation, or Peter to salvation, or any one of the other disciples to salvation, Lord, you have brought us to salvation, and you have called us, and you work mightily in us as you use us. And we give you all the glory for that. We're so thankful on this morning for the precious gift in which you have given us of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.